Welcome back to the Suraj podcast. The last episode we heard about the wedding of Suraj Mal. We also heard about the engagement of the young Teg Bahadur after Anirai expressed his desire not to be married. Chapter 8 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind remained in the city of Kartarpur overseeing this praiseworthy wedding of Suraj Mal. Prem Chand had so much love for the Guru, performing various types of seva service there. Then they called the wedding party, the groom side, back to Prem Chand's house to bid them farewell. Instruments and drums were being played all around, especially at the door of Prem Chand's house. At that point, Prem Chand offered a dowry, as much as he could give to the Guru. Clasping his hands together, he said, Oh Guru Hargobind, I have not been able to do anything for you. Please keep my honor, O nurture of the meek. I have given you just my daughter, just one servant. Understand me as having no master. Be graceful upon me. The exalted Guru Hargobind then said, O Premjand, you have given your daughter into our house. What else is there to give? You, to the best of your ability, perform such seva, obtaining the pleasure and the grace from all the Gurusiks here. Hearing this praise filled worlds, Premjand and the other family members were so happy. They brought many clothes and offerings for the Guru, offering them to the Guru as well as the Gurusiks there. To Pai Panna, to Baba Buddha Ji San, to Pai Gurdas, to the many others who remained there in the company of Guru Hargobind. Obtaining their pleasure and happiness, the family was in joy. Prem Chand was so elated, like the rising moon getting brighter and brighter. His daughter was placed in the Dolli, the chariot, and to bid them all farewell, Prem Chand clasped his hands together. His wife, Soba Devi, went to meet with her daughter, the wife now of Surajmal named Kemkor grabbing her hand and then hugging her tight. In front of their dolly, the chariot, many people were moving forward. Surajmal and others were right behind them. And he also started moving along with that group. Premchand and his wife, Soba Devi, went with the group and then walked back to their home after some time. Guru Hargobind placing his son, Surajmal, and the new daughter-in-law, Kemkor, in the dolly, then mounted up on his horse behind that chariot. Like rain, they were showering down money all along the way. The beggars, the poor, the unfortunate of that area were just praising the Guru as they strolled through. In properly meeting everybody there, Guru Hargobind then bid them all farewell and then traveled forward. The drums were beating as the wedding party moved forward. At this point, everybody was mounted up now and slowly and slowly they got to the river Bias where they camped up. They stayed there at night before then getting back to their own city the next day where drums were beat very loudly announcing their arrival in Amritsar. So when the city found out, they became so happy, they all got together in one place awaiting the wedding party's arrival. Surajmal and his wife Kemkor were so happy seeing this from all sides. People were congratulating them. Mata Marwahi prepped everything. She ran out from the residence to meet them, to bring them into the home. The women of Amritsar were singing songs. They were so happy seeing the bride and groom. On the other side, Guru Hargobind brought Prashad to the Akal Takat with great joy. Bowing down there, he distributed this Prashad greatly amongst the congregation. Then they went to the Darshanir Diori, the gate in front of Harmandar Sahib. Standing there, they clasped their hands together. Facing Darbar Sahib, they bowed down. He positioned the bride and groom, his son and daughter-in-law in front of him. And then they did some Parkadamas. They circled around Darbar Sahib. This wedding party then all mounted up on horses. They were prancing around on their horses, jumping around. Guru Hargobind was amongst them all. 
All the men and women of the city saw this and were bowing down. They were so happy seeing the celebrations. Eventually, they reached the door of the Guru's residence where Mata Marvahi, Surajma's mother, was standing there at the door along with the other Matama, the other mothers, Mata Damodri, Mata Nanaki, etc. Seeing her son and her new daughter-in-law, Mata Marvahi did all the customs of their old lineage. Then they entered the house and the bride and groom were sat down amongst everybody in the household, all the women. The new daughter-in-law had a sash placed on her lap people were giving her money. Looking at how beautiful Kim Kaur was, the women in the house were so happy and they were praising her. They all rested up that night. Everybody performed selfless service to the best of their ability for the bride and groom. And now this marks how the story of the wedding is complete. So six of the Guru listened on to the beautiful stories. The families stayed there for some days after the wedding before then all heading back to their homes. Narayan Das, his wife, so the parents of Mata Damodri, they left. Dwara and his wife Pagan, they left as well for their home. These are the parents of Mata Murvahi. Rama reached Batala and the Trehens, the lineage of Guru Angadevji. They reached back to Kudur Sahib, the lineage of Golmal Sahib, Guru Amradachi's lineage. They arrived back in Golmal Sahib in comfort. Tarma also got back home. Rama went with her husband, Saindas, the Guru's brother in law and sister in law. Mata Damodri's sister being Ramo, and everybody else got back to their abodes after placing their offerings and bidding farewell to the Guru. Sadhu and Aparna, the two of them remained with the Guru after getting approval from the treasury of happiness, Guru Hargaman. Mata Nanaki, meanwhile, was so happy in her heart hearing about the engagement of her son, the young Teh Bahadur. With great admiration and respect, she was looking at her son, nourishing and nurturing him, raising him and watching him get bigger and bigger by the day. Guru Hargobind resided within the city of Amritsar and his Sikhs were performing seva, selfless service, and they would grasp great wisdom within their heart. There was Bhaktu, there was Pai Behlo and others who tasted the delicious bliss of this enlightenment. They would come here after every six months, staying for a month or two before then leaving back home. Many new people would come and become six there as well, serving the Guru while imbued, just drenched in great faith. Other families would send their kids to go stay and serve with the Guru. In this way, many days passed. A great amount of six had obtained great wisdom within their heart. During that time though, Shah Jahan, the emperor of the Mughal Empire, was traveling through and he arrived there at the large city of Jalandhar. He set up his camp there a little outside the city, his camp which had so many animals, carts, troops. There in Jalandhar, the son of the former Subedar, the commander of that area being Abdul Khan, he lived there. So his name, the son's name was Wali Khan. His father and two brothers were killed in that battle against Guru Hargobin and he arrived at the court of Shah Jahan to shout out, to call to the emperor, to ask for support. He went there after gathering together his supplies and offerings for the emperor, thinking that he would get support from the emperor, that the emperor would look graciously upon him. He was thinking that he would go and tell him about the entire story and get revenge for his father's death, to make a plan to get this revenge. So he took a lot of money as an offering, as well as fine horses, which had gold embroidered saddles and clothing on top of them. Such fine offerings, which the emperor would see and be pleased with. He took some other fine, beautiful offerings as well. And first he spoke with the ministers of the court and then he was able to meet with the emperor. And Shah Jahan looked over at him and said, 
Abdul Khan, your father didn't come? He's not in the city? Wali Khan heard this, the sweet voice of Shah Jahan, and clasped his hands while replying, O oh, Emperor, my father and two elder brothers went with their army against the Guru of the Hindus, the exalted Hargobind, who, wherever he goes, causes great turmoil. He stopped there in the village of Rohila, where he saw the village head named Kerar Pagwan, who tried to stop the Guru, but the Guru had him quickly killed. Kerar's kid came to our court and spoke out about this. My father went out with the army there and fought a vicious battle against the Guru. Both of my brothers and father were killed there, thrown down. The entire army of ours was destroyed. First they tried to negotiate, speak with them, but they didn't want to hear anything. He sent our messenger back with such harsh words. With such wrath and anger did Guru Hargobind kill the son of Chandu and the son of Kerir. He wasn't afraid of anybody. Thousands of men were killed there. He killed everyone there without any fear and he just created his own city there. Hearing this injustice, the emperor was enraged. He then commanded his ministers, take 20,000 cavalry troops and go capture the Guru, bring him to me. I've delayed pursuing any action against them related to the hawk, and even after fighting against Mughalus Khan in the battle, this relates to the battle of Amritsar. So now he's killed a great warrior, the commander of Jalandhar, sending him and his army to the realm of death. And now he's creating turmoil in our land. The Guru's fear for us is slipping away. While Shah Jahan was saying this, the wise, the Vizir Khan arrived in the court. And seeing how angered Shah Jahan was, he clasped his hands and said, Shah Jahan Emperor, this is the first time I've heard the story told this way. But now let me tell you, the true Guru is the form of a bead. Now, this is a term generally used for Muslim holy men, but not exclusively. Jogis and others from that time would also occasionally use this term. The Guru is benevolent. Upon all, he blesses his gracious glance. He looks upon the Turks and the Hindus alike. He delivers his teachings to all equally. He saw that small village and set up his camp there for some time dismounting. At that time, some Turks came and spoke to him, saying that they didn't have a spot to read their namaj, their daily prayers. Guru Hargobind heard this humble request and he made a mosque there for them. But Kirir, the town's head, he took the side of the Hindus and started swearing at the Guru. He sent his son here to Jalandhar to get Abdul Khan to mount up against the Guru. They went to fight without even thinking first and what happened happened. His force of 14,000 was killed in this manner. For what campaign, in what mission did they carry out against the Guru, which led to their death? They weren't doing anything for your purpose. They did it to destroy the mosque there. And in this ruckus, they had their whole army ground down. Now, if you wish, your highness, then we can go there and take the mosque down. And give me permission. I'll go alone and do it. I'll fold it down to the ground. But we should punish this guy here, Vali Khan. You should just get him out of here. You shouldn't even show your face to this guy. To fight against the house of Khoda, the divine, for no reason. This is why they had their army destroyed. Shah Jahan heard this and was pleased again in his heart and said, Wow, the Guru made a house for Khoda, a mosque? Truly, the exalted Guru Nanak and his lineage have destroyed any difference between Turk and Hindu. Vali Khan then 
was kicked out of the court and he was stripped of all his titles and positions. He was given a tax, a punishment to pay. Everybody in the court watching this was in shock. Shah Jahan spent the night there in Jalandhar before then heading home to Lahore. He appreciated the virtues of the Guru and wouldn't slander or accuse the Guru of anything else. This is how chapter 8 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear about Guru Hargobind arriving back in Amritsar with the wedding party. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who've been supporting the podcast through the Mangla Charan Patreon page.